Welcome to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast presented by Fishhawk Electronics. If you're looking for news, tips, and stories about fishing the Great Lakes, you've come to the right place. And now your host, Chris Larson. Welcome to the Great Lakes Fishing Show. Joining us now, Captain Chip Cartwright from Wolverine Tackle and Silver Streak Lures. Chip, thanks for joining the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate you bringing me on. First, before we get going, just tell us a little bit about Silver Streak Lures and, and what the company's all about. Well, um, Silver Streak Lures are, our uh, real name is Wolverine Tackle. Silver Streaks are actually the the model of lures that we make. The company that my, my dad started in 1983, we really started that. Basically, 84 is about the first year we really sold stuff on the market. Late 83, we were finishing up the designs and playing with all that and stuff. But uh, my father um, got sick and, and passed away uh, 17 years ago now. So I run it for my ma now. Still a small family-run company. My ma's there overlooking us every day. And uh, my sister runs the office part of it. I do the lures and uh, put them together, make them and design the stuff, all that fun stuff. Mostly we make spoons for trolling in the Great Lakes. Oh, when we had uh, some problems with Lake Huron, you know, when our, when our salmon fishery collapsed and stuff, I started doing a lot more walleye stuff. So we designed some walleye spoons and started doing crawler harnesses and spinner blades to kind of round out the the products that we offer, a few other little things, some blade baits and things like that keeps us busy. That's the gist of the company. Um, my dad's always fished since I think 68, he started fishing for salmon when they had the first runs and stuff, he got the bug and crap. I think the first picture of me reeling a salmon is from 1970 <laughs> up in the UP at Thompson Creek. My little red snowball suit and my green steel shank shoes, boots. That was my beginning and still doing it till today. So fishing has kind of been a part of your life forever and your father started building these lures to, to catch more fish and, and get it going. Um, what do you feel like your company is known for? When people think about Wolverine Tackle, they think about Silver Streak lures, what are you, what are you known for? Definitely the the color selection and the and the new colors that we come out with. We're I think we've kind of led the way in a lot of that stuff. We've always developed a lot of new colors and and um, the new colors come from the products that we're able to get. You know the paints every year. There's new and different paints and or different tapes. When we first started, we painted plain colors and everything was taped. You know because we didn't have a whole lot of paints or we didn't know how to paint a lot of stuff. We did base colors and. You know, we didn't have the candy apples or, or the, the antifreeze paints, you know, all the fancy colors we had, we have now back then. So we used tape to do a lot of stuff and add the artwork and stuff. Now, as the paint technology has developed um, and we've learned how to paint a lot of different things and, and, you know, the new glow powders and everything that makes a, things a better product have opened up to us, we're able to do a lot more stuff. Um, with our painted stuff. So we don't tape near as much as we used to. All our paints are, are what we do our artwork with. And, and that's really, I think, what we've developed 
um, and how we're known. But I mean, it's, what my dad tried to do with the spoons and what I've tried to do, I've he developed a couple of them, and I've redesigned two of the size spoons. We do four main type spoons. I do the walleye stuff, and I think the advantage of of our spoons over other stuff is we've really geared our stuff to work in as many conditions as possible. Uh, I think is where we shine because you never know what mother nature is going to give you. It's different out there all the time. Sometimes you got to go fast. Sometimes you got to slow depending on water temperatures or, or it's cloudy, sunny colors. I think our stuff works in as, as a wider range as, as anything because the time, uh, everything's always changing all the time. So you got to, have a product that works in as many conditions as possible. There's some really good stuff in there. Jeff, one of the things that kind of struck me there is, is you know, you, you said your dad designed a lot of the things and you've redesigned them. What's that like for you to kind of, now that you've been doing this for a long time and, and to go back and see his handiwork and to, to kind of be able to almost work with him even though he's no longer here, but to kind of see his design and, and, and improve on that. What's, what's that like? Uh, you know, it's a really neat thing. It's, it's, I guess I, I learned a lot from him and, and listened to him a lot. He was a, a pretty smart dude. Um, not book wise, but you know, he always seemed to make things work and knew how to get the best out of things. He did a lot of different things in life. He raced hydroplanes as a kid, he raced sailboats, so have I. He, he always excelled at everything he did. And, you know, on our start into fishing, he worked with the, the Michigan Steelheaders a lot and was in that group a lot and did, you know, won a lot of tournaments and captains of the years. And that's how he really got his bug. And he was always looking for something better, you know, the next best thing to to make him more productive in, on, the, on the water each day and, and be consistent. I think that's our goal as fishermen. And that's as a company, when we produce something, I want to make something that's consistent day in and day out, because as I say that, you know, that could have blown for a few days. You got to go out there and, and catch your fish, no matter what the conditions are for there. Like the charter guys, they don't have a choice. You know, we can't wait till the fish are, are biting and things are great. They got to go out each and every day. And no matter what the conditions are produced for their customers. One of the cool things that you also said that question before was, kept saying the word artwork and when we look at the lures that you're making many of them do look like art you said that there's new new things coming out new paints that's great that there's new paints but you still have to do the art you still have to be an artist how do you come up with these color combinations and, and decide to put together a, a lure in a certain way a lot of it is trial and error i mean we paint a bunch of stuff i mean I, we probably do 10 or 12 new colors a year. I might paint 200 different patterns trying to get that. Um, you know, and I got a, a, a pretty small select group of guys that I'll give that stuff to throughout the year to try. Cause it's kind of hard tinkering with the new stuff because it's always weird when I, when I fish and I charter a little bit, I'm just a part-timer, but I'm always playing with the new colors and doing stuff. Everybody asks me, well, what's working? It's, it doesn't matter. It's, there's only one in existence. I'm playing with something new, but I'm, I'm taking off something's good and putting down something new to try to compare it to see if it's working as good, better, or when it works, when it doesn't work, if it's, you know, good enough to put out on the market where a lot of guys, you know, and, and I use more of the charter guys 
because they're on the water so much and can give me a good reliable information if it's a good color it doesn't work you know this pattern sucks i think we need to do this a little bit different so yeah i mean that's that's what we kind of do is is with the colors and, and I, it is it is our work but that's i mean you get ideas and i don't i don't do the day-to-day -day painting i have two guys that that paint all our stuff and they come up with ideas um, but a lot of times you get one good pattern and we'll move the different colors through that that same pattern because you know, if that pattern works it's you know colors on end and dots down the side well we'll move all we'll try 10 different color patterns you know through that pattern different mm -hmm. and, it's, and it's like everything the more you do it you learn what colors go together and, and you talk to guys each region's a little bit different on colors they like so you try to put some of those like colors together that work in certain areas and give it to those guys to play with a little bit because you know the water clarity is different from Lake Erie to Lake Michigan, you know, our walleye stuff doesn't work for salmon. A few colors go back and forth. Mostly they're they're pretty different in our colors from the big lakes to to Lake Erie for the walleye. You, you've been in business with Wolverine Tackle. Your dad started the company in the early 80s. How has that water quality and how that's changed over the years, how has that changed kind of what you're building and, and what consumers are looking to buy? Oh, it's changed immensely. I mean, you know, in 84 when we started, we were one of the first guys. I mean, my dad worked for Eppingers for a little bit beforehand, and we were, he's the chuck in the flutter chuck. Um, and he started with the silver plating there because it, you know, it absorbed more light. Uh, and that's what we're trying to make everything more attractive to the fish because in the 80s, I mean, in Lake Michigan, you couldn't see six feet down. Your cannonball was gone at six, seven feet down. You couldn't see. Now you can see it at 25 feet down on, you know, the, the clear days. So we really started the, the silver plating because it absorbed, you know, it attracted light a lot deeper than regular uh, nickel or, or chrome plating. Um, so we, we did a lot of that stuff back then, trying to do anything to grab the fish's attention. Now with the water clarity, you know, that's we've changed all our fishing styles to, I, I, my mom's been cleaning out her house, and my my son's watching. My dad videotaped everything in the in the 80s on the, on the charters, and he's been watching them. And I and I kind of laughed because it's, I look at the look at the back of a charter boat, and it's like we got five downriggers and two dipsies out, and I'm like, and it's two o'clock in the afternoon, and we're just whacking big kings, and it's dead calm. And I'm like, man, if fishing were that easy nowadays, <laughs> you know, but it's. The taxes have had to change because the lakes have changed. A lot of what we do is is different now, and it's. I'm sure you've heard, you know, the big craze now is all UV, and I have some different takes on that. Um, but we started the UV probably like eight years ago with with the UV tape, and now we put it right in our paints. So anything new we've done the last few years is all have the UV coating right in our our clear coat. So the whole spoon is UV'd. And it's not that I think the fish love the UV, UV and, I, and, and they want to eat that. I think what it's doing, and I attribute it to the same principles like glow in the dark. We use glow in the dark in the low light conditions to try to make that spoon, rotator, whatever you got, visible at a greater distance. And the scientists say the fish see in this UV light spectrum. So I think if we can enhance that distance where they can see 
the spoons, you know, fishing's a numbers game. Anything you can do to draw them to the back of the boat and look at your baits, you've increased your odds of getting a bite. Not every fish that comes in is going to bite, but the more fish you draw in, the better odds you got of getting bite. Then you still have to have the right speed, you know, right selection down there, right depth. And the only way you're going to find out those kind of things is through really testing all this stuff. And you kind of mentioned earlier, you're using some different people and having some people help you with testing, but what is the testing process like for you? Uh, it's just on the water fishing. You know, when we started with the UV stuff, um, you know, one of my best go-to guys who's since passed away, Captain Jerry Lee, you know, we were, we were fishing and we were playing with the UV stuff and, and I was painting UV blue dolphins. And we were out at a tournament or shooting a TV show, one of his things, but we were playing with blue dolphins and, and we'd stack two of them five feet apart. And every time we'd catch a fish, we'd swap them around and do different things to see which one they were kept picking out, you know. And, you know, a lot of times it was it was kind of even, but more often than not, they were picking out the UV blue dolphin over the plain blue dolphin, no matter where you put it. So you can never be 100% sure because it's fishing and you don't know what they see or where they're coming. But, you know, playing with that, just swapping depths keeping them at the same lean links trying to do anything you know so they're right close where the fish has a choice to pick between two of the same colors one uv one not or you can you know we do the same thing with two different colors but it's it's just a lot of time on the water playing with them and seeing where it works uh when it doesn't if nothing works 100 percent of the time you know nothing's going to do that so it's just figuring out where and when the best conditions are and what the fish want that day i mean it's kind of weird because you'll get uh one color that's hotter than a pistol for a year you go the next year and you try to use that thing and it just doesn't catch fish but yet blue dolphin i you know i can't tell you how long ago that color was developed and it's still a top producer today you know i don't know what makes one year after year after year work and one uh, works for a year and then right down the tubes. It's kind of weird. You know, it's, I guess that's what keeps us coming back because we're trying to figure that out. It's always a challenge, you know? Yeah, interesting. You're a charter captain as well. How has being a charter captain helped you make better lures? It just keeps me on the water. keeps me in tune with stuff. Because I, I took a lot of time off. I didn't charter for a lot of years. I did the tournament stuff and just kind of went and supported the tournaments. So I, I fished them, but I wasn't serious about it. It was just more to, there to support the people and, and the other fishermen and make sure that they had what they needed and, and what was working and using them to develop new stuff, you know, picking their brains all the time. But for me, keeping me on the water and, and talking to the guys that get, that get to be down at the boat and laughs at me when I tell them what I do for a living. Yeah, I make fishing lures for a living. Oh, that's great. You must fish all the time. I'm like, yeah, when fishing sucks and it's cold and rainy and, and end of the year when nobody's buying lures, but uh, when fishing's good and it's the hot time of the year, I got to be in the shop making stuff because it's a, it's a short window where we actually sell lures, you know, come, come the end of August, nobody's buying too many spoons, you know, until the spring we sell a little bit all year long, but 
not enough to to live off. You gotta you gotta it's like a charitable kid. You gotta make it while the while it's time. So summers are quite busy around our household. Is one a science and the other one's an art? You know, I think they're both art. I don't know how much science there is in the into making lures because it's all. You know, you're you're just tweaking and bending a piece of metal to give you a certain action. Um, that's kind of an art form. Yeah, um, for sure. Looking for that right action, and and like I say, I when I designed um, like our junior streak, which is our small walleye spoon, I changed the die ten times, and. Um, you'd have to see all my die makers. They're, they're all a bunch of Harley dudes, you know. They got the wall with the big chains and big beards, and love to drink their beer. And uh, he was getting pissed at me because I'm like, no, you know, we'd change the die and it stamps them out, and I'd go and run them. I'm like, no, it, this is what I'm looking for, and this is not doing it yet. We got to change. He says, changing that die that little bit ain't gonna freaking make a difference because we're, you know. We're just shaving and changing the shape just a little bit, a little more cup in it or a little more less dip in the nose. And I changed it 10 times until I was finally happy with what I had. So it gave me a really wide speed range. It, it had the action that I thought we needed to be very good in, in all the conditions. So then I took those guys out fishing after we had got them all plated up and into production stuff. And we were down in Lake Erie with a friend and, uh, we it was fast as you could reel the dang put the rods in the water we were catching fish and they both kind of cracked beers the the millwright and uh and the owner and they never touched their beer again and and pretty soon there's like 30 fish in the bucket and captain says we're done and the one the the millwright looks over he says son of a bitch he says i ain't even touched my beer i said that's what them 10 changes did for you that's why we kept changing it you know it's and people don't realize it's just a little bit of change makes a huge difference in the water. You know, how that spoon runs through the water. Cause even on the smaller spoons, people use them. I got some guys using our, our, our little spoons for lake trout fishing and stuff. And they try to put a great big hook on there. Well, them, them lake trout, they, they gobble up them little hooks. They can't take them. I said, well, that spoon wasn't designed for that great big hook. You just added a whole bunch of weight on the back of that, that spoon. Now you just really killed the action. Uh, that spoon and now it doesn't you've you've changed the whole dynamics of that spoon it's not going to work how it was designed you know it's the same principle everybody likes to put split rings on the front of their spoons oh it loosens them up and frees the spoons up well no now you just you narrowed the speed range and you and you slowed the action of that spoon way down by adding just that little bit of weight on there you know it affects the whole uh, design of that spoon. Now it's not going to work like it was designed to. Chip, tell us a little bit about the product line. You kind of went into it there, but uh, a little bit about the product line and, and what you're offering. We do four main spoons, the Junior Streak, which is two and a quarter. That's our main walleye one. Although lately we're, we're running a lot of our three-inch spoon, the Mini Streaks, uh, for walleye too. Um, and that spoon goes both ways. A lot of salmon guys, you know, we're running that in the spring uh, or up high, the minis. So that kind of goes both ways, walleye and salmon. Then we go into our original spoon, the Silver Streak. And then we have a Magnum Streak too, which is uh, 
we originally designed that for for lake trout fishing, but it worked so well, it caught on for salmon and stuff, and guys want the big spoons for the salmon fishing. So but then, of course, we do uh, a lot of Colorado blades for crawler harnesses, fours, fives, and sixes, and, and a few willows uh, for the guys. Central Lake Erie loves to do a two-bladed trolling harness uh, with willows because you control those a little faster than the Colorados. They take the spoons off um, and they go to this two-bladed willow harness um, midsummer. That really works for them at their end of the lake. Um, then we do a few blade baits. We did some casting spoons for a while, and I still have a few. Um, they're called a cobra. Uh, we don't promote that a whole lot. I've cut the colors way back on that because it's you know, pier fishing kind of dropped off for a little bit. Now it's coming back again quite a bit. I start that up and, and promote that a little more. It's just we've been so busy with all the other stuff that I haven't really had time because uh, I keep our our workforce pretty small. There's only four of us working there most of the time and a few part-timers. Well, people want to know more about Wolverine Tackle and Silver Streak Lures. How do they find out about you? Well, we have a website, which sucks at this present time, but they are presently rebuilding it. So they promised me in about 35 days, our new website should be up and running. So sometime in July, we'll have a nice new shiny website with a lot more information and a lot of stuff. But uh, our website is catchmorefish.com or wolverinetackle.com. We'll get us there. It's like I say, it's it's old and terrible right now, but we actually are updating it. I've got got the guys working on it finally. I've taken a lot of heat over the years, but people seem to figure out what we got one way or another. Well, we look forward to that shiny website and uh, appreciate your time coming on today and talking about Wolverine Tackle, Silver Streak Lure, and kind of what goes into it, what's gone into it. So it's fun chatting with you and, and learning more about uh, what you have going on there. And when I talk to people um, around the industry and around fishing, a lot of people have a lot of good things to say about you. So uh, thanks for coming on today. Well, thanks for having us. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast presented by Fishhawk Electronics. For more information on fishing the Great Lakes, visit our blog at fishhawkelectronics.com.